As is tradition in the season of Lent, we will be journeying with Jesus on his way to the cross. And as Jesus begins his public ministry, he's baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan and then immediately is led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. So we'll read two passages that account Jesus' time in the wilderness. The first comes to us from Matthew chapter 4, the second from Mark verse chapter 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God... He said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you that they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. And from Mark chapter 1, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God, again, we thank you and praise you for your word and for this time in worship where we can humble ourselves before you and seek to listen for your voice. As we enter into the season of Lent, open us up that you might stir within us a desire to deny ourselves and follow you wherever you lead. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Mark says that Jesus was in the wilderness with the wild animals and the angels attended him. When I was nine years old, I was in the wilderness with the wild animals and my two Cub Scout moms attended me. (laughs) I'm not much of a camper. I don't spend much time in the wilderness. And in one of my more embarrassing or at least humbling moments, I went as a fourth or fifth grader uh, out to Camp Strake for one of my first real camping experiences. Camp Strake no longer exists, but it was the Boy Scout camp just north of the woodlands uh, on the, on the um, west side of I-45. And as far as camping goes, it's not exactly the most primitive of places, but it was quite primitive and stark for me. And so as I went to bed that evening in the tent, I was convinced that the scratching I heard all around was some type of lion, tiger, or bear, only to find out as I ran scared to my Cub Cub Scout leader's tent that it was just a little armadillo all night long, afraid of 
the wilderness. I remember eight years ago when we were preparing as a family to uh, go where the bishop had sent us to Huntsville as city folks uh, living in Houston for the previous nine years, preparing the family to see what it might look like to live a little bit more of a country life, as if, would, as if Huntsville is truly that. But we decided we'd camp out in the backyard. And if you could say it was camping, it was more like glamping. We had just about everything you could possibly need inside of the tent in the backyard. But it was cold outside, and it was warm inside. So my kids left me very quickly into the evening, and I was out there all by myself. Well, Henry is telling me, no way. You were out there? Okay, all right. You two weren't. You two went to bed inside. You definitely stayed out there. Okay, fine. You were one. How do you remember? All right, anyway. Um... Some of you love the wilderness. How many of you are camping type folks? A little bit more in the earlier service, but we got enough folks who like to intentionally go out there. Some of you don't understand why people who can afford it to live indoors would actually go and live outdoors for a while. But some of you love those quiet early mornings where no one is around. Maybe it's in a hunting environment, huddled up, uh, bundled up in a deer blind, or quiet nights under the stars, letting your inner caveman or woman come out as you build a fire and, uh, and, and, and roast s'mores, or that kind of glamping where you bring all the amenities inside. You've got all the amenities of a five-star hotel and also a hole in the ground for a bathroom, right? Um, Or maybe some type of outdoor therapy, whether that is going away on some sort of an RV trip to be in nature just as God intended it. But wilderness can be a lonely place. It's a place that we don't often decide to go. It can be an intimidating place, and it has a very treacherous nature. we're, We're intrigued by it as a culture that lives mostly on our comforts. Just look at the fact that the show Survivor has been on the air for 24 years Somehow having 46 seasons in those 24 years. Other, st- other shows like Alone in the Wild, Man vs. Wild, Naked and Afraid, Race to Survive, or the short-lived but fun, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, fascination with the wilderness because it's such a contrast to the comfortable lives that we often live. The wilderness can prove you and test your mettle. It can define who you are. As Christians, in the season of Lent, Lent is intended to be a time in the wilderness, a time of intentional self-denial where we find that we truly depend upon God and God alone. Lent begins in the wilderness with this very passage that we've read today, whether it's read in Matthew, Mark, or Luke, churches all over the world in every language are looking at a passage similar to this today, to begin our 40 days of prayer and penitence, of self-denial, as a time to intentionally get away from it all and to be with God. Because the wilderness is a place where you get away from it all to be be with God. It's no surprise that our stories in the Bible, there are many narratives, including the narratives of Moses and David, the time of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, and even with Jesus today, take place in the wilderness. And unless you've been there, which some of you have, been to the Judean wilderness or wilderness in Jordan or other places, you may have the wrong conception of what I am saying when I say wilderness. It looks a whole lot more like the surface of the moon than it does like Camp Strake. Here we go. You can see just a bit of this. It's sobering. 
We got the video, there we go. With striking cliffs and narrow canyons, one slipper trip can land you in a deadly descent. There's no water, there's food, it's incredibly hazardous terrain. With predators, you're left abandoned, alone, with no community and exile. It's strange that this is where God takes his people, but it is there in the 40 years in the wilderness that the people learn to be with God. As Jack Beck, our tour guide to Israel and professor and Bible scholar says, the wilderness is a place where God asks us, when the fundamentals of life are not in view, will you trust me? Israel said no. Israel was tested by God in those 40 years. After spending 400 years enslaved in Egypt, the Lord lifted up a deliverer in Moses. And through signs and wonders, the ten plagues and the opening up and the parting of the Red Sea, the Lord delivered them and saved them in ways that no one thought was possible. And then for two years, they wandered around in the wilderness, following Moses and complaining all the way to the place where they get almost to the promised land, and they look over and they send spies into Israel and to the promised land, and they believe that the Canaanites that are there are far too big and that they would not be able to have a victory. And so for another 38 years, they wander around in the wilderness. In fact, the book of Numbers, which has to be the most boring name for a Bible book unless you're an accountant, in Hebrew it's actually Bar Midbar, which means in the wilderness, is a story about all of the ups and downs and the wandering around of the Israelites in the wilderness, learning what it is to depend upon God, learning what happens when we complain, learning what happens when we wish to depend upon anything else but God. In the stories of the wilderness, God asks them, will you trust me? And the Israelites say no. In our scripture today, whether it's from Matthew, Mark, or Luke, we see this beautiful parallel where Jesus intentionally places himself in the wilderness and the Spirit drives him out into that place to succeed where Israel has failed. After 30 years of preparation, The Spirit descends upon Jesus in his baptism and immediately sends him out into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days and for 40 nights, paralleling the 40 years that the Israelites spent in the wilderness. He doesn't eat anything for those days and at the end is attended by the angels where they provide him food paralleling the way in which the Israelites depended fully upon God to provide water from the rock and manna from heaven. As Jack Beck says in his book, Along the Road, Jesus places himself in the same geographical circumstances, is confronted with the same tests, and succeeds where Israel fails. Will you trust me? The father asked Jesus. Jesus says yes. The wilderness that follows for Jesus as we follow him on this pathway to the cross. He'll be tested and tempted again and again with that question, will you trust me? And you can see Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane on that night where Jesus is saying, yes, Father, I will trust you. Not what I want, but what you want. Where Israel failed, Jesus was faithful. The author of Hebrews makes this comparison or this contrast even more apparent 
when he talks about what this means for us and the way in which Jesus has experienced all of these tests and temptations that are common to human beings. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus has been in the wilderness and he was faithful to God there so that when we go through our wilderness seasons, we can rely upon him as a friend, a guide, and a rescuer. How many of you found your, have found yourself in a wilderness place? Each of us have. Whether we have gone there through circumstances or we've gone there intentionally or we found ourselves there through the consequence of our own waywardness, each and every one of us have found ourselves in a wilderness, times where we've been driven to our knees in prayer or we've thrown our hands up in confusion and frustration when our prayers go unanswered, when we're abandoned or left alone, when we suddenly lose a job or receive a sudden diagnosis of a disease, when a family member becomes sick, or we lose a mother or a father or a child, when 23 are shot in a Super Bowl victory parade and the quiet of worship at Lakewood Church is interrupted by gunshots, find ourselves in wilderness places. In financial trouble, political confusion, we as a country and as a church can find ourselves in wilderness places. To be human means that we will be in wilderness places in our lives because of choice, because of sin, but often because of natural causes and because of the way in which the fallen nature of the world, because of the unavoidable and the inevitable, the wilderness seasons will come. And in those seasons, the same question that God asked Israel, the same question that God asked Jesus, is the same question that each of us will be asked in some way. When the fundamentals of survival fall away, will you trust me? When nothing seems to be going your way, will you trust me? When hardship and heartache overwhelm, will you trust me? When marriage hits a rough or a dry patch, will you trust me? When depression and despair weigh you down like a storm cloud, will you trust me? When cancer and chemo and radiation wear down and wreak havoc on your body, will you trust me? When tireless days lead to sleepless nights, will you trust me? When others turn their back on you, will you trust me? When even God seems to be out of view, will you trust me? Over and over again, God asks us this question. And oh, how we want to say, yes, God, we will trust you. But how often our spirit is willing and our flesh is weak. Time and time again, we find that when we're in the wilderness, left to our own, we recognize our insufficiencies, our failures, our doubts, our lack of resources. We want to say yes, but we often say no. King David is one who finds himself in the wilderness through his own circumstances, King Saul has gone crazy and is per violently pursuing David, and so he finds himself out in the wilderness, and it's there in the stark conditions that you saw in the video earlier that David says yes to the question, will you trust me? 
as he prays in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still waters, he restores my soul. He guides me on the lo- in the right path through his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even in the wilderness, David answers, I will trust you. Earlier, the handbells and Beth played the song, It Is Well With My Soul. It's a very popular song, song that many of us have memorized. It was written by Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford lived in Chicago. He had five beautiful children and was married, a supportive and loving wife. And he was on top of his successful career as a lawyer when tragedy struck. And his son contracted scarlet fever, and he died, young Horatio Jr., Then there was the great Chicago fire of 1871, and his business and his home was destroyed. He was left penniless and without financial hope, and so they decided to start over again in England, but the family went ahead of them across the Atlantic, and their ship collided with another, and 226 died in the waters. All four of his daughters drowned. When his wife arrived in England, she sent a message on a telegraph Alone survived, what shall I do? Spafford went and left to be with his grieving wife, and as he floated past the very wreckage of his family in his life, he pens those words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. In a wilderness of pain and sorrow, the Lord asks him, will you trust me? And he says, yes. Sometimes we find ourselves in the wilderness by our circumstances, no fault of our own. Sometimes we find ourselves in the wilderness because of the consequences of sin. Sometimes we find ourselves in the wilderness because we intentionally choose to go there because we know it is in wilderness places where we learn to fully rely upon God. Which brings us to Lent, this strange season, these 40 days plus Sundays where we're asked to intentionally go into the wilderness through practices of prayer and fasting and self-denial for the ways in which we are called to go without those things that we have begun to believe are fundamental to our survival. Now historically, this meant things like meat and fat and sugar and all the things that makes life good, right? It's where we get fish on Fridays. But it's come to, it's, it has come to be known as a time where we go, we forego all of those things that we just feel like we cannot live without. Like for some, it's surfing on the internet or social media where we feel like, I just have to know what's happening with my friends. Or maybe it's TV, I just got to know what's happening in this season or our sports teams, can't miss a game. Or maybe it's those things that we depend upon, those little daily dependencies that we don't even think about as maybe satisfying those longings when we're hungry and angry and lonely and tired when we ought to turn to God, but instead we turn to more food or snacks or soda or alcohol or whatever it tends to be for any of us. And so we give up things. We go without, we deny ourselves, and we know that we might face temptation especially because it is during Lent that the Girl Scouts always show up in front of the grocery stores and hardware stores tempting us with their thin mints, those little luxuries that we've come to depend upon when we say no, when we give, up, give them up 
and we deny ourselves those things, there are ways in which the Lord can use them to draw us closer to Him. Lent's a time where you intentionally choose to go into the wilderness. What a strange thing. Today I know there are many of you who are in your own wilderness seasons, um, seasons that you did not choose. Know that even in the wilderness, especially in the wilderness, that God is with you and God will give you everything that you need. And for us who are in places where it's not wilderness, may we have the courage to enter in, to use this season of Lent where we go without, where we intentionally deny ourselves of those things that we just really don't need and learn what it is to fully rely on God and God alone. For, as the author of Hebrews reminds us, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but instead we have one who has been tested in every way, yet without sin. So therefore, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence, that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let's pray together. God, we thank you and praise you for your grace. We thank you for the always true reality that you are with us in our seasons of plenty, in our seasons of want, and in our seasons of wilderness. Lord, help us to have the courage to intentionally enter into those places where we might more and more depend upon you. We thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.